welcome to the first ever episode of Man Ooh. to Man. Yeah, Ooh. first ever. First ever episode. Get the drum roll. Ladies and gentlemen, please. drum roll, please. Let's go. Hey, I'm so excited to be with y'all. Um, I have the perfect person to kick this thing off with. You said perfect. Say it again. Per- uh, <laughs> he got. The, you see the. He got. He got a little. A little more than a hint of Kanye with him right now. He. Uh, he took the whole thing. So we gonna have to slow it is down. Is this a on political statement? You know, he's a vice president on some ticket. On some ticket. Is is this the so politics? So is Nick Saban. Oh, so is Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are talking about the myths of manhood today. Like I said, we brought the perfect person on to. To talk with you, Pastor J D Ost. He um he's amazing. I remember the first time I ever met him. He uh so I was dating my wife at the time. I came to the church for the first time. And he's up there preaching and he's saying, "Hey, if you're with us today, we're so excited that you're here. Maybe you got drug here. Maybe a friend invited you." And then he threw a little thing in there. He said, "Maybe you chased some lady because you wanted to be with them today. Hey, whatever the reason you're here is, uh, we're glad." And he gave a little side eye. Me and Megan looked at each other like, "Did he just?" Yeah, he did. And so that was, yeah, you know now. Well, you didn't remember it, now you no, do. No, no. So here's what <laughs> An essential part of the formation of manhood okay. is how they handle a call out. Okay. Like, if you can take it, maybe that's version 1.0 of what it means to be a man. That was, that was the, okay. That was the okay fam. Did okay. he take it? Oh, okay. He's cool. There we go. That was the first one. Okay. Hey, right. listen, I'm excited about what we're talking about today. Um, the myths of manhood. Yeah. Listen, my big thing about this one is uh, I don't expect everybody to walk, walk away knowing what being a man is. Um, but I do think knowing the myths is just as good because even if we don't walk away knowing what being a man is, at least we know what it's not. Like, we sure. can break all of those. Yeah, yeah. And so when I started to look up, because, like, I just knew we, we needed to talk about it, but when I started to look it up, um, the, the definition of masculinity is the qualities or attributes attributed to a man. Okay. Okay? Okay. And the qualities are attributes. The qualities are attributes attributed. attributed to a man. Okay. Right? Attributed. That's masculinity. So, okay. A, the question is, what is it that we attribute to being a man? What are those qualities and attributes? And then when you look up manhood, it's weird. The, the actual definition, let me see, because I actually wrote it down. I didn't want to get it wrong. The actual definition is the state or period of being a man rather than a child. That gives me 0.0. Zero, zero, right? Because the definition that- of manhood is <laughs> what is defined as a man. You know what? Thank you, Webster. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Miriam. I think this is the conundrum for every boy, young man, teenager, mm-hmm. and even older men. We have midlife crisis because perhaps nobody told us what it would be like midway through. We have quarter life crisis mm-hmm. because nobody painted a picture. I think this is a major war that we have because if manhood is not defined, how do I know when I am one? Exactly. How do I know what it looks like? And oftentimes when you ask people about manhood, they will point to their father. I don't even know that that's the, the, the correct way to get to manhood because it is not the man who raised me. It is the man who raised the man who raised me. Okay. And so the problem is when it, when it comes to the definition of manhood, you're like, the definition is all over the place, and if it's never been defined, everybody's trying to be what they saw. The problem with that oh, is geez. it's hard for me to become a man when what I saw was an incorrect definition. If it wasn't, so this is a Christianity worldview. Mm-hmm. If, if, if my grandfather didn't understand biblically what a man is, how was my father going to be one? 
And so we have boys growing up trying to become something. I remember this. I remember this. Can you tell he's a preacher? He's preaching already. Let's go. That's who I am. You ask for a preacher, you're going to get a sermon. All right, all right. So so I remember I was a student pastor, and I had these 18, 22, 24-year-olds, and I was so frustrated at the lack of responsibility, the lack of being able to confront, the lack of being consistent, the integrity. I remember being so frustrated, and I was up in an upper room of my house praying and like, God, man, I'm so angry at these dudes not knowing how to be men. They, they wouldn't hold a job long. They would drive up. They would, have, they would have more money on them than in their bank account. Mm. They spent more money on their shoes than they put in savings. And I had all of these frustrations about manhood. And I feel like, I feel like God confronted me. He's like, you're asking them to be something they've never seen. 72% of this generation is fatherless. Yeah. So even if they had a father, he was never there. And so I thought, props to you for even bringing up the discussion because it is hard for you to aspire to a moving target. So what do you, so what was it for you? Uh, because by definition, if we're going by the definition of manhood, it almost, it says the state or period. It almost makes it sound like it was instant. Like it was a moment um, that makes you from a boy to a man. So was, what was it, exactly. So what was it for you? Was it a process? Was it figuring something out? Was it self-awareness? Like what? What was it? I don't, I don't know that there is a clear answer as to a point. So like, so like when you're 16 and you can drive, does that make you a man? Exactly. When you're 18 and you can buy tobacco or die for your country, exactly. does that make you a man? Or maybe it's the alcohol. Maybe when you can make a baby. I don't know mm. that any of those moments define manhood. I think for me, as a follower of Christ, I don't get to come up with my own definition or Google one and have some guy from France who went to Cambridge to figure <laughs> out what manhood is. Because if man was designed, then the person who gets to define what a man is is not the man. It is the designer. Say that again. So if we're trying to find the definition of a man, and man was designed. Yeah. So I, as a Christian, believe that, that we are formed, we're designed by God. So it is not man that gets to define manhood. Right. That's why it's ambiguous. Okay. It is God, the designer, who gets to define manhood. And we have plenty of scripture that gives us details as to the process of what it's like to be a man. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes we, we look to other men as though they're supposed to know. And I think that's a weight no man should carry. No man should carry the weight that I am the totality of manhood. Right. I think we have to look to scripture. What are some of those then? Yeah, so uh, man, all the way from 1 Timothy, you should go read 1 Timothy. It, it gives you a lot of details about what manhood is, what leadership looked like. Um, and, and then you can rewind all the way back to Genesis when... The Bible says that Adam, uh, uh, it, it talks about marriage, Adam and Eve, and it says, this is how a man will leave and cling to a wife. Mm-hmm. Well, if you just read that at face value, you think, okay, some guy leaves and some guy clings to a wife, but th- that's a definition of manhood because it speaks oh, of maturity okay. and yeah, monogamy. Yeah, yeah. Maturity is, I left my parents. That tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. That means you have to be able to sustain yourself. Right. That means you're responsible. It speaks to the maturity. If I can leave my parents, it speaks to the maturity of a manhood. Does that make sense? Yep. Uh, there's a whole book in the Bible about it. It's called Job. You should read it. Right? Like <laughs> there's, there's a book on having a job. Uh, and then I think it speaks <laughs> to monogamy. So if, I, if, if, if Scripture is telling me that the process towards progress of manhood is leave the parents' house, cling to a woman, speaking of monogamy, then if I'm still dating a million girls, perhaps I'm not in the right process to get to manhood. So I think scripture, if we lean into scripture, we don't see perfect men. David wasn't a perfect man. Mm -hmm. Samson was a perfect man. We see men who are followers. I think the best definition of manhood that I can come up with is one who prays to God, 
one who obeys God and one who trusts God with the, with what, the repercussions, whatever happens. That's mm-hmm. it. Pray God, obey God, and then trust him with the outcome. Yeah, I've started to notice, and you've been married way longer than I have. 16 years. 16 years. I've started more than half my life. <laughs> yeah, a long, long time. A long time. I've started to realize that the, like, the sexiest part of me for my wife is my relationship with God. Everything that has to do with God. Does she God's tell you that? She actually has. Does she watch you pray? Uh, when we pray together. Oh, hello. Hello. You hold her accountable. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, when, whenever <laughs> I'm more, most like him, that's when, that's when she starts to really good. see my heart. So what is it? So you said, if we're talking about the myths of manhood, um, and you said that there's no such, really no such thing as a perfect man other than the one that we saw, which is Jesus, what were some of the things that you saw were hindering you from that? You know? Because if we, if we go off of uh, the biblical definition and what you just described, a lot of what you said was responsibility. Yeah, and so yeah. what were some of the areas you saw you weren't responsible in? What were some of the things that you saw were holding you back from going in? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think the hardest thing for a young man is to try to aspire to something that they don't have clarity for. Mm-hmm. So if I'm trying to be whatever a biblical man looks like at 22, I don't need to hang out with just 22-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Because the myth is, if I hang around enough people, it'll make me happy, it'll make me fruitful, but it won't fulfill me. Okay. So I've got, I've got to be with somebody who was a man that was a biblical man at 22, and I think if, if you get that, a lot of people are looking for what's the definition. I think that's the wrong, I think that's the wrong question. Okay. I don't think it's the definition of manhood. I think it's the journey of manhood. So yeah. if I can find somebody that's at mile 10 and talk to them about mile 5, then I can find accuracy for this season. To me, a, a, a biblical man is just one who follows well. Okay. Men are trying to lead so often we forget to follow. Mm-hmm. So if I can find another man who lived it biblically at this stage and just follow, I'll get there. So when did you, for me, I, I hate the, I think it's a big misconception around uh, mentorship. I think it's a nasty word. I think authority is a nasty word now yeah. because we've been abused by it. Like whether it's in po- I love, I love Trump, all right? Whether it's in politics and you get abused by someone like Nixon oh, or whether... Did, did you just say you love Trump? <laughs> I actually do. Like on I a think scale of one to ten, like... Well, uh, I love him. I didn't say I always like him. No, that's There's okay. a big difference. No, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't political. I'm just wanting to know who you love. <laughs> so can I ask another question? Do, do you like love Biden? Mm, yeah. <laughs> it just went I have political. to. I don't have a choice. There you go. If I love Jesus, I don't have a choice. Okay. So like, uh, wh- whether it was abused by a, a father who didn't, uh, <laughs> we can go a lot of, a lot of ways. With no, that. that's good. Whether it was abused by a father or yeah. whether it was abused by a friend who loved you to your face but then talked about you behind your back. Or whether okay. it was a mentor who led you the wrong way and they knew they were leading you wrong, the wrong way. Whatever that authority, whatever that mentorship looked like, it's been abused, well, and so what do you... Yeah, what, but, what, but, 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 so I think that's a cop-out. Let me tell you why. You're not using a cop-out. I'm not saying that. Like, hypocrisy is everywhere. For a man to yeah. say, I'm not going to go get a mentor because that mentor did me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a friend who holds me to the values that I said back in January or the fitness aspirations I had. I'm just going to fire a trainer because I had a bad trainer. Let me ask you a question. The government hasn't always got it right, but you still stop at the stop <laughs> sign? You're, there's hypocrisy in the club. You still right. show up there. Right. There's hypocrisy at work. And so for me, I just understand hypocrisy to be a part of the human condition. 
there's always things I say where my behavior doesn't add up to the things I say. Mm-hmm. I think if that's what keeps us from finding the brother, finding the mentor, finding the pastor, finding the leader that can speak honestly to us in a way that shapes us, if we can't receive that and if we can't recruit that, that's on us. We right. have to stop blaming the future on the past. I had a mm. bad mentor, so I'm not going to have one. No, no, no. Your future is too important for you to be crying over spilt milk. You're mm. a man. That you're means man. you're in progress. You're following. And you can't, man, man's not a, it's not a solo sport. Mm. You got to have somebody that's in front of you, somebody that's way in front of you. And then you just have to be man enough that when they say something, receive them. Mm-hmm. It's nothing worse than somebody saying, well, you mentor me. And they show up late. Or you give them something to do and they don't do it. And they don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's just, the, the more I boil this down, it's just can, can you follow? Because mm-hmm. I can't lead my kids well. I can't lead my wife well. I can't lead my company well if I never learn to follow well. It's easy, it's easy to talk about manhood when, it's, uh, when, when you're like 22 and when you're 40 <laughs> years old. Okay. What about like the, the 15-year-old? Because I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. I didn't realize how much I didn't know and how much manhood and masculinity was twisted for me mm. until starting to have conversations like these. So what, what if you're 15 and you're, you're having locker room talk and you see that? Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, that, that's a tough situation. It, it is. Uh, what uh, would you tell, like, 15-year-old Jay? If, if I was speaking to the 16-year-old, I played quarterback in high school, I remember the locker room talk, I remember all that. I would tell 16-year-old J.D., hey, find a 22-year-old J.D. who's doing it right and follow them. Mm-hmm. Manhood starts with influence. Because remember, we're trying to follow a picture of what this should look like. Yeah. If we haven't been shown that, no wonder we stumble all over ourselves. So like 16-year-old, you got to find somebody who's 22 who's doing it right. And then ask them questions or whatever they say, freaking do it. <laughs> just do it. Just, just be willing to follow somebody who's been there. Mm-hmm. That's it. So like, because you're going to always arrive. Jay, you're going you're to have a baby someday, and you don't know how to be a dad. And maybe you had a good dad, but maybe you had a bad dad. Mm-hmm. Either way, you need to find a dad. And then you follow the dad. And then someday you're going to be a grandpa. And you got to figure out, I've never been a grandpa. So all of life goes at the pace of how good you are at following. So do you have, all right, do you have one or do you have many? many. Like I've heard very, I've had heard very different opinions on that. Yeah. No, for me, I have, so, so I'll just give you my play. It ain't the right play necessarily. It's just the one I run. Yeah. So I have like um, finance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Marriage. Parenting, wisdom, um, somebody that can be like a best friend. I have these areas of my life, just like you do. So like you're, you're a son, mm-hmm. you're a husband, you're a leader. I have different leaders in my life for those areas. Yeah. So like in my finances, I have a financial advisor. For my marriage, I have somebody that can speak into that, not because they're good at finances, because they're good at marriage. Yeah. So I think you need to look at the areas of your life, and you find somebody who's further along, you go after them and have enough humility to chase them because anybody worth mentoring you is too busy to do it anyway. So if you find those places, then you chase them down. Some of my, some of my best mentors right now, they didn't answer my phone call for 18 months. I just didn't yeah. stop calling. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the 30-second halftime show. Pastor JD's excited. He's over there. Do it again. You know what I just realized? What's that? We got the same initials. It's the oh, Joe. Yeah. It's the Joe J-D-O. Show. JD Oates, J Oliver. It's What's the up? Joe Show. Uh, welcome to the 30 second halftime show where you have about 30 seconds, really about 15, to answer a trivia question that okay. I have for you. 
Pastor, he is a big leadership entrepreneurial guy, right? I have a quote for you. Can you get it right? What, what do you mean get it right? I have a quote for you. You have to tell me who said it. I'm going to give you three options. <laughs> You're like, what in the world? The, a leader knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Who said it? Was it Martin Luther King? Was it John Maxwell? Or was it Billy Graham? John Maxwell. Absolutely, it was John Maxwell. Boom! Let's go. He's one of the only ones who has gotten the halftime show right. Let's go. I love that. John Maxwell's great. He is. He, he'll write a book on leadership, and he will sell it to you. I was trying to find one that didn't rhyme. Most of his quotes rhyme, and oh. I knew that if it rhymed like that, then you would get it. Well, and I, will, I will tell you this. I think it's crucial. Sometimes the cynical mind can think, oh, my gosh, they're trying to rhyme it. It's trying to be showy. The, the, the purpose of alliteration and all of that, it's real simple. We're just trying to help you get it. Mm -hmm. So John Maxwell does it so you remember it. And he has, Good I can think too. now, like 80 books on leadership. Yeah. Over 80 published books. I didn't know. He can leave. He, he can leave. leave. He can leave. That concludes the 30-second halftime show. The Let's get show. back to the action. Yeah. <laughs> One of the big things that I noticed when I was uh, having conversations with people, man, is that it's very easy for everybody to, as a guy, I don't know why it is, um, it's very easy for us to come together and talk about how many points LeBron scored, but it's not the easiest to talk about, hey, um, how do I work this out in my finances? Or how, how, are, am I, how am I doing as a husband, as you see? Like, I feel like you and your wife got a good thing right now. What, what can you give me? Like, what are some nuggets? It's very easy for us to talk about things that don't really matter. I think guys don't like to grow in glass rooms. Break that down. I don't want to grow in front of you. It's too vulnerable. Oh, yeah. So like, so like when somebody, their lead off is, oh, by the way, how's your private life? Or like, what have you looked at to see the program? Like when that's the lead line, dude, dude, that's not how. So guys don't relate eye to eye emotionally. Like, oh, my God, how's your heart? Like, yeah, this yeah. is not me. Guys relate to each other shoulder to shoulder in the face of adversity. So like when we are on mission headed to something, if we're playing golf together, if we're, if we're designing something, if we're coming up with an idea, if we're chatting something up, that is the proper driveway, the proper avenue to the safe place. If a guy does not feel safe to talk about his vulnerability, to undo his armor, you got to get past the guy's armor before you get to his heart. So I think, it, I think if we're trying to get to some idea of brotherhood, of like help each other, we have to be okay with the process to brotherhood is character proven over time okay. until I feel safe enough exposing myself to you. A guy doesn't expose himself to just anybody. But that word vulnerability can be very new to a lot of people. It is. Yeah, l let me make it Because a lot simple. of people don't think it's strength. No, I get it. I get it. So in order for you to take off whatever armor you have and let somebody see what you're struggling with, it takes time and it takes proven character for me to trust that when I bring you the chink in my armor, mm -hmm. you know how to handle it and you know how to keep it private. Mm -hmm. And that just takes time. Hey, that's, a, that's actually pretty, that explains a lot because one of the big, Megan would talk me through it, you yeah. know? That was one of the biggest curveballs with, with you for me, yeah. was for every other mentor that I had. I love that you talked about it earlier. They were, um, it was instant. And so with you, you were like, man, it just takes time. And that was frustrating for me because I was like, no, it shouldn't. Yeah. We should, it, it should just be open. It should be honest. We should be, just be able to do this thing. Yeah. How, how, what would you say to the people like that where it's yeah. frustrating, where they don't want to no, no, wait 18 months for yeah. a text back or for a call back? No, so the thing that older men have that we don't have, the thing that older business leaders have that we don't have is one thing. It's not knowledge. You can go get it. 
It's not talent. You were born with it. It is experience. Mm -hmm. And what they will tell you is big deals. Mamas will tell you big meals take time. You live in an Insta world. You live in a, we're friends. I'm following. I don't believe you can ever follow with a click. What I'm looking for in somebody that I'm going to pour my guts into, when somebody says, do you, you know, if they ever ask something like mentorship, I'm looking, are they investable? How do they handle my busyness? How do they handle my nose? Because mm-hmm. they, they can't take my yeses if they can't take my nose because they, right. they, they only want affirmation. They don't want confrontation, right? Mm-hmm. So they just want to be affirmed because they don't have a good daddy. Yep. But if they have the character, it's, it's kind of like this cup. This cup has the character to pour coffee. So what I'm testing is the character. How are they built? Can they yeah. handle the investment? Because I, I only have so much investment to give. Exactly. So I'm testing that. I think if a lot of guys would understand that, they wouldn't text that mentor three times and then give up. They would realize that mentor is testing the validity mm-hmm. of the vessel before they pour their blood, sweat, and tears into them. Not even a mentor. What, what about those friendships, you know? Because everybody, I heard one time that there are a couple things that you can't get in life that's instant. That's mm. job satisfaction. Mm-hmm. That's trust, yep. which comes with friendships. And that's, uh, what, what else was it? I'm not good on quotes and stuff like no, that. You're good. But th- those were some of the things. So what would you say to that? I think with friendship, you have to decide that you're in covenant. Now, that's an old that's word. A, yeah, but I like that, that word. But, but it's, it means all in for all time. So most people, their friendships are seasonal because they get close to them and discover their inadequacies. You get close to them and find out Ugh, they're selfish. You get close to them and you feel like, uh, there's just a million reasons with everybody. The moment you get close to people, you find their humanity. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have what I call privilege of proximity. In two years, they became really close. The problem is when you get close, there is a lot of flaws. It's the distance distortion factor. When you're far away, everybody looks Every great. Looks when good. you get close to them, you find all of the flaws. The question for friendship, if you really want real, I'm talking about the type of friendship where they are into you no matter mm-hmm. what season. If you're on a mountaintop, they're there. If you go to prison, they show up. If you want that type of friendship, you have to decide to invest in all areas of proximity. When I get close and find out that you have a lot of flaws, am I still committed? If I am, that's how you get to that long-lasting friendship that helps you get to all the layers of manhood that you're trying to talk about. But what if... What if you were the guy who tried to do that and who tried to invest and who tried to pour in, but the reason that you don't think vulnerability is strength anymore is because you got hurt and somebody left you when you tried to do that? I think if you leave every time you get hurt, you're always going to be leaving. So you have to decide in friendship that what am I going to do when I get hurt? If this dude lies, if this guy does whatever, if he mistreats my kids and he was angry one time or he was this or he was that, I have to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. But my, 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 my intuition is that many people leave for hurts that are more like uh, scratches than homicidal acts against us. Mm-hmm. A lot of people leave because, you know, they got hurt. I, so I would say, are you, are you hurt or are you wounded? Yeah. Hurt is like, get back out there and play. Wounded is, you need to sit down for a while. Exactly. And so I think if you can define that, many, many people, they chose the right people to be friends with. They just left too early. And if you always leave and if you always practice divorce, no wonder why the percentage of divorce is so high. We do it in friendships. Can you leave beyond the hurt? Mm-hmm. Can you be hurt and still playing? Well, that's, that's a good definition of manhood anyway. So speaking of definitions of manhood, 
if we're going back to the definition. Going Can I get some more coffee, please? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm almost out. I've been it's chugging the hint. It's the hint of Kanye. It's a hint of Kanye. It's the coffee cup. That's what made the coffee so good. Um, if we're talking about the actual definition of masculinity, what are some of those qualities and attributes that, that you've seen that really make, make up man? Because I, w- I want to at least give, give some handlebars to it. You know, okay. something, something to stride to. Okay. So one of them was responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Let me start with an overarching. So if we're talking about handles, let's go with the bike. Let me give you the bike first. Yeah. The bike is if you get this, then you'll figure out the rest. Mm-hmm. The, the, I, I think the secret is I'm going to follow teams of people who've been there. If I can follow, there's the handle. Find somebody that's at the next season, be in covenant with them all in for all time, mm-hmm. and follow what they say. If you can do that, you're never going to arrive at a new place that you don't have clarity for. So that's going to be the secret. Now, there's the obvious character pieces. There's integrity. In other words, the, the inside, I'm working so much on the inside of me that no part on the outside ever becomes bigger than the inside. Therefore, I never crash, right? Exactly, so there's yeah. integrity. There's character. There's responsibility. All of that, though, comes from who do you do life with? And all of that comes from can you actually follow? Because mm-hmm. we could go, I mean, we could talk 30 minutes about all the characters yeah, yeah. of manhood. But I think if you get the bike, then you can figure out how to ride it. Has uh, I, this is this is a big question that I've always wanted. I to wish ask. I had your smile. <laughs> it's a good smile. It's a, it's the cheekbones. Man, I yeah, I don't know where my went. I just <laughs> my cheekbones have been running, just just running for a long time. I don't, I don't even know where they are anymore. They, I doubt they, that. I, no, 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 I, I don't. You're they, looking pretty fit right now. Well, you I, look like you've been doing body bust too. No, no, I ain't been doing all that. <laughs> I've been on a sabbatical from lifting. Sabbatical. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, see, you made me forget what I was even about to say. It's part of the part of the part of the plan, part of the strategy. Yeah, yeah. Tired of tired of answering the questions. No, no, <laughs> I like it. we're good. Uh, one of the big questions that I've always wanted to ask is, uh, hey, does does being a dad change the the? Yeah, you, you already know. Everything. I'm yeah, Everything. how so? Because it makes me more patient. Because I'm looking at two unedited versions of me. God, yeah. When I was 22, I was so impatient with my inabilities, so in, impatient with my secrets, so impatient with my inadequacies. And when you're a father, you realize they're just on the journey. I'm looking at my two boys who are me. You mm-hmm. can look at my boys. Yeah, and you can see that they are me. They're just unedited. So I become really, really patient because I'm able to see what I was yeah. and how the grace of God, community, mentors, leaders have edited that, have turned it. You know, men don't change in revolutions. We change in clicks. Being a father made me patient for the click. Mm-hmm. So if you had a son, it would make you more patient with yourself because I see mm-hmm. how season over season they get better. They get edited. They change. They turn. They evolve. They progress. So it makes me more patient with myself. As far as... As far as your deficiencies? Oh, everything. Everything. I see. So, so yesterday I took the boys out on the lake. The last time Becton wakeboarded was two weeks ago. And Becton could only stay on one side of the boat because he naturally leans to one uh-huh. side. Well, in two weeks, he went from staying on one side to be able to cross the wake and go to a different side. He, he grew. He matured. He developed. That is a small picture of how you see them constantly. Every season, he gets better at this. His manners, you can work on manners for years, and all of a sudden you say, boom, Mm -hmm. it gets better, it gets better. So I've been working on his morning routine, because one of the definitions of manhood for sure is how do you start your day? Mm -hmm. Because you can predict a deer, predict predict a deer, 
You can predict <laughs> it here by how they start their morning, right? So you have yeah. to you have to master your mornings. Yep. Master, and I've been working on eight things he does every single morning. That way our values aren't so far beyond our behavior. So he masters those things. We've been working on those for six months. He's just now, without me asking, doing those seven things every morning. And mm -hmm. because I'm a father, I'm patient because I see he gets better. He gets better. He doesn't get what I say. He gets what I re-say. So just I'm passionate, I'm patient, I'm passionate. I'm patient, and it just makes me more patient with myself because I just I see me and rewind, yeah, and I see how he progresses, and it gives me patience for myself. You kind of be patient with yourself. You're probably doing better than you think you are. Yeah. You're just in a fast-paced world, but we don't grow at the pace of our world because it's internal. Yeah, I noticed recently that um, I I do a terrible. So when God does something, every time you read it in the Old Testament. They built an altar or they, they he said, um, um, put, a, put some rocks up together and, and don't forget what I did. Always yeah. remember, 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 remember. You see it's that good. all the time. Yeah. And I'm very good at doing that in the moment. But he said uh, to remember because when you forget, I want you to look back and remember. Sorry. I'm so good at being like, oh, God, thank you. I see what you did. I see how I was here six months ago and now you've done this inside of me. But then the next thing that I say is what's next? Because I don't have patience for myself. And I'm like, okay. That's cool, but what can I get better at? What can I do now? That's great. So All right, I, I got something for patience. you. What? I got a lightning round. You ready? All right. You have 30 seconds. Oh, shoot. What do you need from a mentor? What do I need from a mentor? Yeah. And you're deep. And how old are you? 21. What do you need somebody to tell you? What do you where do you need to be affirmed? What do you need from a mentor? Me personally? Yeah. that um, I'm not who I was, that I don't have to be where I come from. You need permission. Yeah. Why, why the question? Well, because I think you will probably attract people like you, probably same age group, your influence. And for a guy who's just a little bit further down the road, it is crucial that I listen because in order for you to reach your full potential, the person that's just a little bit ahead needs to know what you're facing. Okay. And so I think, I think it's crucial in these moments of honesty that you're able to say, here's what I need. Because 72% mm. of your age group, even if he was there, he wasn't there. Mm. So that's, what, that's why. Yeah. I, need to, I need to know what you need. It's hard for me to fill the shoes of the ones I don't see. But are you supposed to be the one as a mentor who carries that? No, I don't have to carry, but I have to know. I have to know what shoe to put my foot in, right? Oh, like if okay. You say, I got you. I got you. You said I need permission. Mm -hmm. I need permission to become what I. Maybe you have a vision, but you don't feel like you belong in that place. Exactly. Yeah. So you need permission. So that helps me know what I've got to do is affirm the man. I've got to affirm the character of who you are. I've got to let okay. you know how you're really doing, so that you feel like you know what I am not who I was. And maybe that's the people watching. They need to know. They need to receive permission to become what God says they can become. So you think some people aren't stepping into manhood because they don't feel like they deserve it? Or they oh, don't I, feel like they have permission to? I, let me speak for me. I never, never look in the mirror at a guy who I think deserves anything I have. Nothing. I don't deserve the family I have. I don't deserve the influence God's given me. I don't deserve my job, my position, my house, my kids, my wife. And, it, and sometimes it takes an older man saying, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. The way you married, you know, the 
way you serve her, the way you serve the house of God, the way you influence people, your honesty, your taking taking a shot at speaking to your people, speaking to your friends, speaking to your influence. That's exactly where you need to be. Sometimes you just need an older man to say, you're exactly where you need to be. You're not off center. You're not off on the wrong exit. Mm-hmm. You're in the right moment at the right time. And if you will be patient, everything that you see in your mind's eye will become a reality. Just stay on the road. <laughs> you want to make that face again? That was that face like, yeah, I just dropped it on you. Well, that, I just, I think that's what we all need to know. Yeah. We need to know how am I doing. Man, men are, men are built for progress. Mm-hmm. So you need somebody that's a coach in your life that can say, you're running the play. Yeah. And you are. So I hear coming. a lot of process, a lot of responsibility, a lot of following more than anything. Um, so if you were to give, whether you're 15, 30, 50, because a lot of 50-year-olds are still not stepping into manhood, like whatever the age, what uh, would be the best advice? I would change it. Yeah. So I deal with a lot of 55-year-olds because 50 to 60 is the greatest divide for a man because what happens is they become the oldest person in their family, they go to the top of the organization, mm-hmm. and they, be, they start living a life on an island, and yeah. they no longer have somebody to say yes, sir, to. Their father is passing away. Their father is older. Their father has dementia. I just need every guy to know, based on what my mentors have told me, based on the books you read, every man needs a man. Mm -hmm. Every man. And I need somebody to follow. And it is my responsibility to find it. I'm telling you, the word is follow. The moment you lead yourself onto an island is the moment that things fall apart. History hasn't been kind to men who live on islands. Mm -hmm. They need to go watch the movie Castaway. <laughs> Castaway, Tom Hanks. Listen, I, uh, I, pre- I don't, like I said, I don't expect any of these conversations to change the world. I don't need to change the world. I just want to have people open up, have people start to talk. I, I love what Mike Todd says. He says, we're just going to be hot. We're going to be a hot church, honest, open, and transparent. That's all I'm trying to get to. Not counseling session style, just this right here. How we would sit on your back porch, how we would yeah. sit around a fire and just talk. So um, I really appreciate you coming on because not a lot of people could speak to it the way that you could. When I said I had the perfect person, I wasn't joking. I knew you were going to bring some heat, some handlebars. And so, um, heat and I, handlebars. I heat, like that. Heat and handlebars. I appreciate your time. I really do. Um, and so for all you guys, listen, you just got probably the best advice that you'll get all day. Don't just take it. This, listen, wisdom is not experience. That's stupid. Wisdom is taking the experience and applying it actually doing it don't just listen to this and not do anything let's be guys who actually put it to work go follow somebody go find you some people who you can get around open up with talk with shoulder to shoulder and follow find out what god says the definition of manhood is do these things and actually put it to work and i I really think we're going to get somewhere so i'm excited for you to listen to it i know it's going to be good so until the next time of man to man stay humble with just a hint, tell them, just a hint. Just a baby hint. Just a baby hint of Kanye. Yo, we'll see you on the next episode of Man to Man. Peace.